Well, good, good day. January 1st, 2023. Happy New Year, guys. Happy let me be the first on this Sunday morning to grant you, wish you, and uh, hope that you will have a happy new year today and for the rest of this year, that it will be a great year. We've gone through a couple, a little bit crazy years. Those are behind us. We're going forward. We're going forward. So happy new year. Thank you for being with us this morning uh, through this means of, uh, of um, sharing the good news of Christ and the word. Uh, I hope and pray that God is uh, already up to something good in your life. And uh, that he's going to do amazing things this year in you and through you and all around you. Um, we wave goodbye to 2022. There were some good moments uh, in 2022. And there were maybe some not so good moments in 2022. Some of you are still like digging out of those moments right now. Um, and uh, so the highs and the lows of 2022. What, what I'd like to do is just take a minute and look ahead uh, a little bit and learn from uh, we learn we, we learn from what's behind us but we what matters the most is what is in front of us it's always about what where we're going not where we're where we've been so we can learn from where we've been for sure we've got to learn from our mistakes and learn from others but we can um, press on forward to what matters most, and that is what is ahead of us, what has not yet happened, and what we get to be a part of making happen. And we get to be a part of God making it happen. And that is so hopeful and so awesome and so powerful and so uh, positive that we can be a part of what's going on. Well, here's what's going to go on in this coming year. I could already make some predictions, at least with some certainty, and that's here's what's going to happen. This year will most likely have uh, 24 hour days. There will be uh, many days, 24 hours long, that will happen. There's going to be 12 months this year. <laughs> Just you know, pretty sure I could um, I could uh, predict that. Not a prophet, but. Um, I could say that there's a good chance that the sun is going to shine every morning. It's going to come up and every night the moon is going to uh, be in the sky pretty much every every day this year. Unless it's a cloudy day, then you won't see it, but it, it will be there. And uh, probably a little bit of the bad news for this coming year is that we're all going to be one year older, which makes us all kind of old. Um, unless, unless you're a dog or a cat... And then, get this, if you're a dog or a cat and it's your first year, you're not going to be one until a human turns 15. Like, if, if, if your cat is born on the same day as your child, when your child turns 15, that cat or dog will turn one. Isn't that crazy? The first year of a cat or a dog's life is compared to 15 years of a human's life. After that, it's the ratio is seven to one. Seven human years equals one cat or dog year. Now, if you're a dog, if you're a horse, uh, then it's six to one. Every six human years is one year of a horse's life. So uh, you could kind of figure that out if you have horses or dogs or cats. And the reason for this, I guess, is because their life expectancy is a lot less than all of ours. 
But we're not dogs and we're not cats. We are human beings. We are male or we are female. And that's what we are. That's what God made us. And that's the facts of life right there. But it's a new year. So what are we going to do? What are we going to do with the new year? Like, here we are on the very first day. This is awesome that Sunday is on the first day of the year. And we've got the whole year in front of us. And it's like, what, what are we going to do with this year? What like goals can we set or begin to think about? Some people do, some people don't. You know, most of us just kind of wander through life, just hoping things work out along the way, right? But I like to challenge us today a little bit to think about some goals, set some goals, think about some things. Like, like what goals can we think about for ourselves in the year to come? And what goals can we think about for God's church in the years to come, in the year to come, this year, the next 12 months, what can we do for the church, for God's church? What goals can we have? What do you want to see God do? And how do you want to see God use you to accomplish that? Not in a passive way, but in an active way, like in a participation way. What can we all do to participate in what God is doing so that we can grow his church? And I'm thankful for uh, you guys that tune in uh, online. I know this has been going on for some time now. With COVID, uh, some of you, this may be your, your, your church. I don't know if you consider Burlington Christian Church. Uh, this, is, this is where I go to church, but I do it from a distance and I do it online. I would like to know if that's you. Just, you know, let me know somehow. In fact, I'll, I'll give you a way to do that later. Um, but I would like to know who is out there that considers themselves to be a part of this church, even though it's from a distance. How is God going to use all of us to grow his church? Today, our, our new series is entitled Dream Big. Dream big. And for the next few weeks, I just want to pour, uh, pour into this thought, right? Just, just, just hammer on this idea of dreaming big as we start this new year, this first month of this new year. Today, I just want to kind of set the stage. And uh, what I want to do in the series is kind of take a biblical look of what, what dreams are in the Bible. But, but more than that, what I'd like to do is really encourage and challenge all of us, like personally, to dream big. Like to go for it for God. Like go big for God. Listen, it is not time for anybody, for any of us to, to put our faith on a shelf somewhere or to, to hang it up. It's, it's not time to move backward or to retreat. The world, the world for the most part is dying, separated from God for eternity. They're dying and they're going to eternal punishment this is not a time to stop or retreat or slow down. We are the church. We are God's church. And we love God's church. We just talked about why we love the church. We are the mighty army of God. And it's time for us to like answer God's call and lead the way, no matter who you are, no matter where you live, or no matter how old you are, your age. With Paul, here's what we say. With Paul, we say, we press on. I press on to win the prize for which Christ Jesus has called me 
heavenward. That's what, we, that's what we need to do. We need to set our mind at the beginning of the year that we're going to press on to win the prize. We're going to go after it with everything in us. We're going to give her all. We're going to burn ourselves up for God. I hope that's our mentality, not, not sit back on a, and retreat somewhere. I saw this post uh, on Facebook. Maybe you saw it as well. It's a pack of dogs, these like wolf looking dogs. And there's one dog up front, and you can see he's the one having to clear a new path. And the caption says, followers will never know. Followers will never know how hard the leader tries to create a path. They will never know it because, because it's easy for them, or it's easier. And I like this post because because. Because God is calling us to be leaders. Now, that's a bunch of snow, right? That's a lot of snow. Like Thinking about you guys up in Buffalo, that is a lot of snow. You guys got a lot of snow. I see you digging out. I see the posts and the pictures all over the place. It's snow like piled up on top of cars. It is crazy. It's fun, but it is nuts. No doubt, it's nuts. And that's a bunch of snow right here. Here's the thing. If you want to do something big for God, if we want to do something big for God, if we're thinking, man, I, I, I kind of do want to do something big for God. I don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want to just live life and at the end of it go, okay, well, that was nice. I want to like grab it for everything it's worth. And the only way to get everything that it's worth out of it is to hook up to God because he will take you on the ride of your life and he will do great things in your life and do big things in your life. But it's going to take a lot of courage. It's going to take a lot of courage and a lot of bravery and a lot of hard work. You will have to plow through a lot of negativity and a lot of opposition if you're going to be a leader for God. But the view, the view of this dog is different than the view for those dogs, isn't it? See, the view of cutting a new path is spectacular. It's fresh. It's pure. It's clean. It's saying, God, take me where no one has ever gone before. Use me to do something that nobody has ever even thought of. To grow your kingdom, to grow your church. I believe that God in the next few weeks is going to speak to hearts. I believe that he's going to move mountains in your life and he's looking for someone to use. He is looking for someone and I hope that's you. I hope that's you. So here at Burlington Christian Church, and uh, I'd love for, to invite you guys to be a part of this. We have these cards today. And we're going to have them all month. And it basically says dream big on it. And then it says, I, I, I'm going to ask you to write, you can see it's not on there, write this question. What can I do to help grow God's church? Just write that out right here. And leave yourself some room. And then I'd love for every one of us to answer the question. So I know you don't have these cards, but maybe take a piece of paper, take an index card. And just write this question, write it out, dream big at the top, write out what can I do to help God's church grow? Like what can I physically do to participate in the growing of the kingdom? And, and if, if this is your church, if you consider Burlington Christian Church, like you've been tuning into this for a long time, maybe not on a regular basis, but enough, and we're it for you, 
I'd like to know that. I really would. I just want to know that. I, I would like to put your name on our prayer wall. We have a prayer wall in our auditorium. I moved it to the back wall so more people can be involved and engaged in prayer. And we want to pray just for your name, just for you, God. Be with these people that are tuning in every week or each month. We want to pray for you. And, it, and, and I hope that you consider yourself, if you do, to be a part of this church from a distance. And my question to you as well is, what can you do to help this church grow? Because I want to I see the church grow. I want to see souls come to know Christ. And I want to see God do big things. And I believe he's going to. And so write that out. And here's my phone number. You can text me. Text me what your dream is. I'll write it on a card and put it on our wall for you. But text me also and say, hey, I consider myself to be a part of Burlington Christian Church, BCC, even though it's from a distance. And, and I just want to know that so that we can pray. God, be with these families. Be with you. We're not going to send you anything. We're not going to hound you for a thing. I do not roll that way. I don't ask anybody really for a whole lot of anything. My job, I feel, is just proclaim the truth. Preach the word. Let God do the rest. So we're not going to hound you with anything, okay? Text me. Let me know who's tuning in. We'd love for you to be on our prayer wall so we can pray for you. But what can I do to help grow God's church, even if it's in another place? I'd love for you to help us do that. We need your help. I really want to encourage you to dream big, like dream really big. We serve a huge God who, who does incredible things. We serve a creator who is able to speak things into existence. We serve a creator who is able to heal the broken and the diseased and the sick. We, we serve a God who can walk on water, who can cast out demons, who can raise the dead, and so much more. Our God is big. He can do incredible things. And so the question for 2023 is not what can God do? The question, because he can do immeasurably more than we could ever hope, dream, or think. The question for you and me in 2023 is how big can you dream? Don't put limits on what God can do. Think of something big that God can do he can use you in your community to grow the kingdom. He can use you somehow at a nursing home or a soup kitchen or, or wherever you are, or some gift that you have or some ability that God has given you in your life that you can use to go into a, a different setting and reach people for the kingdom of God. Every one of us can go do something, whether it's with elderly or young people or teens or in schools or wherever it is, we can all, Say, God, use me to go into this setting and make a difference. How big can you dream? For this city, for us, it's Burlington Christian Church and this city, Burlington. And for his church, how big can we dream for his church? Because here's the thing, if evil can dream big, then shouldn't we? If evil can, can expand its wings and, and, and go into new areas, that nobody ever thought they would go and conquer and, and destroy and crush families in this country and in this world, then why shouldn't we dream big? Why not us? 
So it's the day of Pentecost, right? It's the day of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. And the Holy Spirit is being poured out on the apostles, on the apostles, keep that in mind. And it's the blowing of the violent wind. It comes from heaven. And here's what happens on the day of Pentecost. It fills the house where the apostles are and other people are there too. And, 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 it, and it looked like tongues of fire coming down and resting on each of them, the apostles, the apostles. Some people want to say that everybody spoke in tongues on this day. That's not true. It's the 12. These are the 12 that Jesus picked to do his work. Okay, they're the 12. And so the tongues of fire rest on each of them. They're filled with the Holy Spirit and they come out into the streets and they begin to speak in all kinds of languages and different tongues. They're preaching the gospel to people from all over the world that, is, that have come to Jerusalem for this uh, celebration, and they're speaking in different tongues. Now, tongues means 99% of scripture, when you see the word tongue, it always means a language, always. There's only a few little passages that are a little bit obscure about some foreign tongue or some unknown tongue or some tongue that only God can understand. Tiny piece of scripture. Let's not build a whole doctrine on, on a tiny piece of scripture when most 99% of the scripture that talks about tongues is speaking about a language. That is a language that you did not know, you never learned it, but because you were in that setting, God gave you the ability to speak that language, that tongue. And you never learned that before. It's the gift of tongues, the gift of speaking in another language. So, so people from every walk are hearing the gospel for the first time. You can see why God gave them the gift of tongues. So that all the people on that day, on the day of Pentecost, they could all hear the gospel preached in their dialect, in their language. That's cool. Paranthians and Medes and uh, Elamites and Mesopotamians and Cappadocians. Look at Acts 2. Open your Bible to Acts 2. This is where we are, beginning of Acts 2. And the passage says, this is what the Jews said, all the different people. They said, we hear them, the 12, declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue, in our own language, our own tongue. All over Jerusalem, they're preaching the good news. It looks and it sounds crazy. It's very chaotic. It's bizarre. If you were there, you probably would have thought, what is going on? This is nuts. People are speaking in different languages all over the place or preaching the word over there and over there and I hear them all over the place. People are hearing it in their own language. This is bizarre and it's miraculous all at the same time. It's so crazy though that the people accuse the apostles of being drunk and it's early in the morning. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. They accuse them of being drunk. Peter stands up and he, he's going to preach to the whole group. Peter stood up with the 11 Peter stood up with the 11. That's how we know the, the, the Holy Spirit fell on the 12. Okay, please, please don't take that and go somewhere that it isn't meant to go. Peter stands up with the 11 and he raises his voice and he addresses the crowd and he says, fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is what, what is happening right now. The prophet Joel, 800 some years ago, that you guys, all you Jews should know about Joel. You all know who he is. You all know he's a prophet. If you knew his writings, you would know that one day something like this was going to happen. 
And Peter says, it's happening. Joel is an Old Testament prophet. He wrote 835 years before. Remember, with Jesus, the dreams and the visions and the proclamation was 700 years before Jesus steps on the earth. Last week and the week before, we talked about prophecy hundreds of years before Jesus gets here. This is the same thing. Prophecy 835 years before this happens. The prophet Joel wrote about this. And it was Joel, Joel, in his letter, Joel says things like this, blow the trumpet in Zion. It's a warning to God's people at that time. Sound the alarm, Joel says, return to the Lord. He is merciful. Joel says, rend your heart with fasting and weeping. Joel, Joel. See, Jerusalem in Joel's day was about to be invaded by locusts if it wasn't already being invaded by locusts. And swarms of locusts were coming in and they were devouring everything, all the crops, all the plants. They were just munching it down to the bare ground. God's judgment was upon their disobedience because once again, Israel had turned to foreign gods and built altars and idols and towers that they worshiped gods of the foreign lands around them. God told them never to do this, but they did it anyway. And so now God is going to discipline his people and he's going to wipe them out. He's going to get their attention one more time because this has happened before. And so Joel is proclaiming about this festation of locusts. See, sometimes God, in his fatherhood towards his children, sometimes he uses foreign armies around us to bring judgment upon us, to get our attention, to wake us up, to discipline us in a very massive way. And other times God uses nature bugs and flies or famine to to help us understand that he is still over everything he is still paying attention and he does not like what he is seeing from his people we are not honoring him and therefore we're going to be disciplined by him this is why joel joel the the name joel the book joel is is the prophet stands for these words jerusalem overtaken and eaten by locusts J-O-E-L. Jerusalem overtaken and eaten by locusts. If anybody ever asks you, what does the book of Joel, what is that about? Here it is. Thank you, Rod Farthing, who gave me this. Jerusalem overtaken and eaten by locusts. That's what the book of Joel is about. God disciplining his people because they have wandered away from him again. Well, skip forward, here we are. It's the day of Pentecost, and it's the birth of the church. The church is being birthed. This is 800 and some 50 years after Joel. The church is now being birthed. Joel speaks of a move of God. He speaks of a move of God, powerful, and the fulfillment of a promise. That's what Joel is speaking about in his time for the day of Pentecost. You could say that Joel had a very big, big dream. Joel had a big vision. Joel's vision was not just for his day, but it was for a day 850 years later that he didn't even know anything about. Joel had a big dream given by God in his own heart for a distant day some 850 years later. And the beauty of his dream is that it's not just his dream about his day, but it was his dream 
and what his dream said. This is what makes his dream so big. Check this out. So this is what Joel says. Back up. These people are not drunk as supposed. It's only nine in the morning. No. Verse 16. This is what the, was spoken by the prophet Joel. Here's what the prophet Joel said. Verse 17. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit. And I'll, now Joel wrote this 850 years before it happened. And now on the day of Pentecost, this is actually happening. And he says, in the last days. Last days. What are the last days? What are the last days? Well, the last days began at the beginning of the church. Jesus comes, Jesus is crucified, he rises from the dead, and we are in the end days from that moment, the birth of the church, all the way up to this present moment as we eagerly await the second coming of Jesus. These are the last days. These are the end of times or the end of the age. This is the end of the period of all of history. Started in the garden with Adam and Eve, and we are now at the end of the rope. The last days. Jesus has come. He's going to come again. Those are the bookmarks. Those are the bookends. Everything in between those two comings is the last days. Joel is not living in the last days. Joel was living before the last days. He was foretelling about the last days, 850 years before they ever got here. Verse 17, the second part of verse 17 says this. In the last days, look what God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Verse 17b, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. That is, they'll proclaim the good news. This is what's going on in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. They're preaching about the kingdom of God and the wonders of God in everyone's languages. They are prophesying. They are prophesying. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Now, visions typically happen while you're awake. Somebody falls into a trance and they, they just see this vision like Peter did on the roof in Acts. Dreams typically happen while you're sleeping. Daniel had a lot of dreams. He's sleeping and he has this dream. Or the king, Nebuchadnezzar, is sleeping and he has this dream. He wakes up. Visions while you're awake typically trance. Dreams while you're asleep. And then Joel says, in the last days, in these last days, at some point during the last days, and remember, the beginning of the last days is the birth of the church 2,000 years ago, and the end of the age entirely is the second coming of Christ. So anywhere in that period of time is considered the end days. These things, he says, are going to happen. Verse 18, even on your servants, on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit, in those days, those last days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be Saved. This is powerful. This is miraculous. This is the day of Pentecost. Joel is talking about the end of times. And so in these last days, which you and I are living right now, <clears throat> we are living in the last days. God has chosen. This is kind of cool to think about. God has chosen to put you 
and to put me on this planet right now. Our spirit, our soul, the real me is here right now. He didn't put me on the planet when I was, when Moses walked. He didn't put me on the planet in the days of Noah. He didn't put me on the planet in the days of the prophets. He put us on the planet right now for a purpose and an appointment. We are here for a reason. God put us here right now. Verse 17. Verse 17, he says, young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And so I, I just want to kind of wrap this up on this thought, this thought about the, the visions and the dreams. I want to camp out here. Because as Joel says this, there's two contexts, right? There's two contexts to this passage. The first is Joel and his time. They're being devoured, right? They're being destroyed by locusts, right? Joel's being munched. All the crops are being munched. Joel is speaking right then to his people. But Joel is also, secondly, the second context is he's proclaiming what will happen 850 years from now, from this day. See, when Joel initially says this, they're being destroyed, the people look out their windows and they're blocking their cracks and all of the, any way the bugs could get in. These locusts are climbing into everything. They're on top of everything and they're eating all of their crops. They're all over the place. People are looking out their little cracks of their windows and they're seeing this happen. Joel speaks these truths. The prophet is proclaiming that, hey, even though we're being devoured, hope is going to come. God will restore the land and God will restore his people. And in the process of proclaiming the present context, Joel also is pointing to the coming of the Christ and the pouring out of the Holy Spirit in the end of times. When God will restore everything and make all things new again and bring healing. Now, Peter, Peter's context in his day is Pentecost, right? Peter's pro pro proclaiming this very same word from Joel, and he's preaching to the Jews. This is the first sermon ever, and he brings to the forefront what Joel said 850 years ago. He says, it's now happening right now, this day. This is unfolding, what Joel said. It's a, it's a context for our day. The Holy Spirit's unleashed. God's, on God's people, there's prophesying, there's vision, there's dreams, there's wonders, blood and fire, billows of smoke, sun will be darkened, the moon will be turned to blood on the great and dreadful day of the coming of the Lord. Some of that happening right there near the beginning of the church, the beginning of the end of the age. Some of this will happen at the end of the end of the age, closer to the second coming of Jesus. But during the last days, these things are happening. They're all happening. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. What does this mean to us? Dreams, dream dreams. Does God, that's what people want to know, right? Does God speak to us in dreams today? Does he? That's a big question that people want to know. Some people will say, oh, yes, he does. Absolutely, as if they have dreams from God on a regular basis. Other people will say, no, absolutely not. It went out with the apostles as if God can't or God won't. And to both of these answers, 
I say with great skepticism and sarcasm, hmm, really? So let me wrap it up with this. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. God says to you and to me today, through the prophet Jeremiah, God says these words, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope, hope, and a, what's the word? Future. God knows the plans that he has for us. He knows what's out ahead of us. He knows why he put us on the planet. And he knows how he wants to use you and me in this world. What does this mean concerning your big dream? It means this. God has a plan for your life. And they are a good plan. It's a good plan. Are they written down somewhere like in the scripture? No, not really. Are they, are they in the Bible? No, they're not. Generally, God's will is in the Bible. And we should always begin with his general will. We should not expect to do something big for God if we're not already being faithful in the things that we do know about God's will. So let's start there. But the same God that spoke to Joel in the past wants to guide your life too. God has a big plan for your life right now on the planet in these days. Secondly, is in the book of Acts, this passage that we are kind of looking at today out of Acts chapter 2, quoting from Joel chapter 2, when Joel says, In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, when God pours out his spirit on all flesh, that's not just the 12. On that day, I believe that was just the 12 for that purpose. But after that, Anyone who gives their life to Christ and is obedient to Christ and is surrenders to Christ, God will pour his spirit out in their life. The Holy Spirit has been poured out in your life. And he is good. He is God. And he's living in you. The same God that did all kinds of miracles and signs and wonders, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, from death, the same spirit that filled the prophets and the apostles is alive and working in you. This promise is for you and your children and all who are far off. As far as dreams go, as far as dreams go today, let's just let God be God. Okay, let's let God be God and let's expect God to do something big in your life. And however God wants to convey that, to you and your heart and your mind, well, that is completely up to God. I think we can all agree on that. 2023 is upon us, and I wanna encourage you, dream big for yourself, for your family, and, and for God's church so that the kingdom will grow and souls will come to know Christ. That God will move mountains and people will be saved. Let's dream big. Seek God's big plan for your life. Would you say that with me? Seek God. Just say, seek God. I'm just going to seek God this year for his big plan for my life. Don't settle for average. Don't just maintain the ship. Don't listen to the critics and don't throw in the towel. God's got a plan for your life. This must be your quest to discover your purpose, God's big dream for you.
Now's the time to begin looking into this. If you need that spiritual survey that I've talked about in the past, you want to take that spiritual survey to figure out what kind of spiritual gifts that God has brought into your life, I would love to send that to you. You don't have to send me anything other than your address. I'll send it to you. You take it on your own. You look at the results on your own, and you can begin to figure that out. I hope you'll do that. That's such a big part of figuring out how God wants to use you. And then we'll, I pray and hope that, our, that we'll pray that our eyes will be open to God, his spirit, and our ears, our ears of our heart and our eyes of our heart will be open and in tune with what God is doing in our life. Seek God. Secondly, listen. Just say that. Listen. Have ears to hear and listen to the Holy Spirit who is living in you. As he uses the word of God that we know, the written word, and he speaks to your heart, God will reveal what he wants to do in your life if you're open to it. If you are saying, God, use me. God, show me how you want to use me. God, open doors. Help me to see those doors opening around me and help me to have the courage to walk through. The one who brought life to your dead soul wants to speak to your heart. He is the one. The Holy Spirit is the one who is connected to the Father. You need his communication in you. It's powerful. He's creative. The Holy Spirit wants to bring the word of God to life in you. Because the Holy Spirit is always seeking to carry out the Father's will in you and through you and with you. Oh, we love the church. We love the church, right? And so what's your big dream? What's your big dream for the church? What's your big dream for the city? I hope you'll take some time and just take that card or take that piece of paper that you have and that you'll write some things out here. What can I do? What can I do personally to help grow God's church? Yeah, I can send money and, and money is huge. With money, you can do a lot of good things. You can, you can transport people. You can go to, to places and minister to people. So money does help. But this is, an, uh, this is a participation thing. How can God use me and my gifts and my abilities not just the resources he's given me, but me. How can he use me to change other people's lives forever? I hope you'll seek that. Maybe take a few minutes right now at the end of this thing and just spend some quiet time in the living room. Maybe put some good music on, some Christian music. And just take maybe four or five minutes and just write something out. God, this is my dream. God, use me somehow in this way to reach the world to reach the community, to help the church grow. And if you want to send those to me, if you want to send me a picture of that, I would love, I would love so much to, to get those and to see those and to post those on our wall with our peoples. And just to know that, hey, uh, here at BCC, we're, we're a group of people, but there are other people who are a part of this church that, that live in other places that, that are praying for us and and they're for us and they want to support what's going on right here at Burlington. I hope you'll do that. God bless you guys. Dream big, okay? We're going to be talking about this for the next couple of weeks. Dream big. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.